Hi, I'm Cassie Cole, and this is Overseas Overheard, a podcast about international students. Today's episode is about Prince Adabla. Let's get into it. Prince, can you do an imitation of an American no. accent? Yeah, so my roommate's African-American, this is how he talks, right? Like, hey, yo, bro. Yo, let me highlight you, bro. I'll tell you something real quick, bro. Like, he has bro to everything. It's like... <laughs> and another. This one's Texas accent. It's... Let me see, let me see, let me see. It's more like, hey, Bob, how you doing? How's it going, my man? Like, it's, it sounds a little cranky and, uh... I'm Ghanaian. Um, from Ghana, West Africa, and I am 21. Uh, I like to think of myself as an older sophomore. I started my early life in the capital city. I was born in the capital city, Accra, Ghana. Lived there my whole life. Uh, lived with my dad and my mom until they got separated in 2007. I was living with my dad uh, alone, raised my dad alone. I see my mom sometimes, you know, but never really had a mom figure. Uh, that was pretty sad, but it kind of brought, you know, good things to me uh, in a way. And I want to always count the blessings. That's me. I always count the good things. My mom and dad did not go to school, did not go to college, did not go to high school. So most of what I learned when it comes to school education, wasn't directly from my parents, but from my big brother, because he was the first in the family to go to college. He 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 sort of figured out the way all by himself when it comes to like school and all that. Uh, but my dad, he didn't really have time. He was not home all the time. Uh, he'd be back in the evenings, and I'll just go chill with him. He was on the discipline side, so I don't know if you know about discipline in Africa, but it's a different thing from the U.S. So when I do something wrong, okay, they don't say, "Hey, you did this wrong," and Tell me why you did this wrong, you know, like, no, no. When you do something wrong, you are getting a whooping, like, they have a cane. I don't know if you've seen a cane before. It's like a big, um, mm-hmm. like, rod. You know, like, he's, he's beating you mm-hmm. till you you cry, and you never do what you did again. And I was mostly indoors, never went anywhere. I only had one friend, and he was a next-door neighbor. And I could only go to his house. That was a boundary mm-hmm. set, so I, was, I had boundaries. I go to school go to his house, and then come back to my house. And most of what I did was watch TV. So one thing that they didn't do directly to me was allow me to watch TV. And allowing me to watch TV meant that I learned a lot. So that's how I learned English, basically, because I was just watching TV. I, I was watching UK shows. I was watching American shows. Like I, I, I picked up the culture pretty early because I was watching a lot of TV. And I, and I like to I like to do more of like impressions. I like to speak like the people in the TV. Was religion like a large aspect of your childhood, or was it only, or was it primarily only a Sunday thing? Like like how religious was your family? My family was not religious at all. I went to church alone with my neighbor, so my friend, right? His family wow. go to church, so I go to church with them. Um, so I never, my family, I, they are not religious at all. So that's why I said they gave me a bit of freedom when it came to choice of yeah. religion because they had no form of religion at all. They just believed that there is a God or there is you know, a supreme being or something, but they don't really put their mind to it. 
But I went to church because my friend was like, hey, you want to come church with me? That was like when I was like five years old or four years old or something. I think I liked it. So I kept going with them all the time, every Sunday. So it became a thing for me to just go to church with them. Do you still attend church now? Or? So since I got here, the freshman year, I never went to church. Even now, I've still not gone to church yet. I don't know why, but I just feel like... Maybe you don't need it now. I I don't know. I'm still, I mean, you know, just figuring out what is out there because I felt like I was reliant. I, I used to rely on the fact that things will happen by themselves, you know, without me taking action. And it kind of affected me in a way that I didn't get things done. I shouldn't expect things to get done themselves. I can, I should do it. So I'm, I'm not exactly sure what the school system is like in Ghana. I assume it's modeled after the British. Yeah. Um, can you kind of explain that a little bit? Uh, we have three types of schools. Uh, this is high school only, okay? Uh, we had a public school, we had a private school, and we had the international schools, but also very expensive. Uh, and then there's a public school, which is built by the government and very subsidized and, and affordable. Uh, also modeled after the British system, but it's purely the West African system. We call it a WASI system. That's what I went to. I went to public school. They tried their best. We didn't really have like lots of resources like around, but we were eager to learn and the teachers were eager to teach. Yeah, 10th grade, I went to, uh, I went to boarding house actually. So I stayed on campus. I was the house uh, president. And although I didn't talk to so many people, that's how I count. I started talking to people because now I am the president of this house. I have to know everybody that lives in the house. And I have to make sure everybody's working on their duties and getting things done. So yeah, I did that too. Uh, yeah, that was fun. Yeah, that was fun, I would say. So I should have been out of college this year because I was out of, I was out of high school in 2016. But then I took, uh, call it two gap years or call it three gap years. It depends on, on how you want to count it. But yeah, so that was, that was what I was doing. So my first year after high school, didn't have money to go to college. So I was just like, okay, what was the next thing? What would be the best thing for me to do? So then the thing I did was that I went to the U.S. Embassy. For one year, I was commuting from home to the U.S. Embassy, like every day, going to work. What was I doing? I was just helping out the advisors. Um, so these people are advisors. What do they do? They help people find uh, schools in the U.S. Like, okay, that's, there are 4,800 schools in the U.S., do a research, do the, do the research, do the math, and come down with schools that you want to go to and all that. So, so I took the SATs and I did so bad. Uh, this time around, I went to, uh, we call it a consult, like where you talk to people who have helped like other students, international students, especially from Ghana, go to schools abroad. I didn't have enough money to go in there either. So I spoke to this guy and he was like, hey, come around, you know, just, just do your best. So I was like, okay. Uh, so I took this, you know, just studying SATs as hard as I could, looking at schools in the U.S. I, I, I actually memorized 250 schools in the U.S. that accepted international wow. students and gave them scholarships because I was looking for scholarships as well because I didn't have money. So basically, I just 
did they did one of SATs and I got through that and I was fine and I got accepted into Kenyan uh, at a decision and I came here. So, mm-hmm. so once you came to the U.S., yeah, you know what were what were your first experiences here? I mean, what what things shocked you immediately? Well, one of the things that surprised mm-hmm. me was the, was the food appears though, because the food the food the food I see in the movies were like look tasty. I didn't, I didn't taste it, but it looks <laughs> awesome, you know. Do you feel like people address each other in a different way? I've heard a lot of people talk about how, you know, we have a much more casual way of addressing our professors. Oh yeah, um, but it's actually not done anywhere in Ghana. Your professor is professor this, professor that, professor that, you know. When you, when you want to talk a class, you you say, mm-hmm. hi, professor, this. Uh, the way you, like, hey, I want to talk to Steven. I'm like, who is Steven? It's a professor. Oh, okay. <laughs> There's no form of uh, boundary, which for me, I think is a good thing because you can, they see you as someone who reasons. Um, I don't know. I'd like to hear more about, you know, what's your experience, you know, as a person of color in America uh, living in Ghana, I have never had, I've never thought about the fact that I, I know, we all know we are black, but we've never thought about, we've never sat down and look at ourselves and be like, oh, we are black. Like, no, we don't think of our colors. Like, we, like, we just don't think about it like that. Uh, I, th- I remember one time I went to, we just recently I went to Walmart with my friends and, you know, I'm 21 and I was getting just a few bottles of alcohol. Uh, and then I put in my ID. So, 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 so before we got to, so I was working with my room, my my two housemates, right? Went to Walmart, my two housemates, and a friend. We are all um, black people, okay? So we get to the cashing. We're about to cash out, and then there's this lady who stands right in front of where we are cashing out. Like normally, people don't do that when you when you're alone. Like you just go right like people just cash out their stuff um checking check out their stuff and then they're gone right so we start at the checking out point and then she stands there just looking at us to make sure that we're not doing anything wrong or like not taking anything away with us and uh, that was i mean it was kind of weird but uh i already know i already know it's, it's, it's it so it's like a normal thing to me you know i i just know that it's supposed to happen anyway so uh, so now I try to use my card. So now I asked her to, you know, give us permission to take out the alcohol because you need permission to take out alcohol, right? Um, or like, yeah, drinks. And I was like, okay. So now she's like, hey, uh, so I'm like, hey, uh, can you please help us get this? She's like, what do you want? And I was like, oh, I mean, we just want to check out alcohol. I mean, from the first response, she was so rude, but I just like, oh, we just want to check out alcohol. Can you help us? You know, and then she came around, um, put in a few tickets and took my ID, got that done. And then she asked, and then she stood back to watch us again. Now I tried using my card. My card wasn't working. For some reason, my bank had frozen my account because they found that someone was trying to use my card. It was like a fraud activity, right? And then now I was like, uh, I told my friend to give me his card. And I used it to pay for my stuff. And then I, I pay him the next day. You know, that for me, that was like so logical because it's my stuff and I'm buying. I'm like, hey, just give me your card. Let me just buy this and I'll pay you tomorrow. He was like, yeah, sure, take my card. 
and then I took his card, and then she was like, and the lady just came back to me, I was like, hey, you can use his card to pay for your drinks. I was like, but it's my drinks, you know? What? And yeah, it, it just didn't make sense. Like, you can you can't do this. You can't pay. I was like, why? Why not? It's my drinks, and I'm just taking money. How did your family react to learning that you were going to America? They were very happy. It means that they're not going to pay my fees no more. And I'm on a full scholarship. So they're like, oh, okay, he's going to college and we don't have to pay for it. Okay. I have made this decision. I have to make this happen all mostly by my own. Okay, so starting from SAT fees, my dad didn't pay SAT fees. I had to make, um, you know, I had to speak to these people who told uh, about a concept like, hey, you know, can you help me get this done? Um, my, my plane ticket, I had the U.S. Embassy give me a plane ticket. Like, I had pretty much took care of everything, you know? So they didn't have to worry about me financially. Uh, they know that I am going to have a better education and have something in the near future that would be of more benefit to them. Because when I think about, when I think about, you know, my success, I'm not thinking about myself. I'm thinking about my family. That's how Africans or that's how Ghanaians think about things. Because when you're thinking about success, you're thinking about, oh, I'm gonna get my I'm gonna buy my mommy a car one day. I'm gonna buy my dad a car one day. About I'll buy a house with my family one day. So the success that happens in my life is is for them too, you know? So uh, so they know that, they know that and then I know that. Each time I'm not doing what I'm supposed to be doing, each time I'm lazing about, uh, I am having useless conversations or anything. It's just on me, like, hey, you know, you have you have you have a different situation, you know. You have all these people back home waiting for you to succeed. You know, if you don't make it, then you're letting all these people down. So that that's kind of my my motivation all the time because when I'm slacking, I'm like, hey, you have all these people looking up to you. You have to get on your toes and work. What aspirations? Do you have after college? Ooh, big one. Okay, so I started. So I got my econ major, and I want to drop econ and do film. What I'm looking at is a future where I have a team that don't work for me, but work with me. To uh, just like freelance guys, not hey. I need someone to edit this for me. And then we travel the world to do travel film. So maybe maybe dream of like commercials and all that to get money. But like most the the biggest target is to have, you know, companies sponsor us for us to travel the world and capture moments, capture memories, you know, like create um these times for people like through film. Where when I when I capture these moments that put smiles on the faces of people. Uh, that's what I want to give people, right? I want to give people a reason to smile, right? A reason to be happy, a reason to count their blessings. But thank okay, you, thank you so much, um, Casey. I, I tend to say Cassie because of my British accent. <laughs> no, but, no. but my name is Cassie. Is it Casey, right? No, it's Cassie. Cassie. It is Cassie. Good. Cassie. Okay, Cassie. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Bye. Bye. Listeners, you just heard from Prince Adabla. 
a sophomore econ major from Ghana, currently housed on Kenyon's campus. Prince has a lovely personality, and he's also a talented photographer. Follow his Instagram at sozo.productions. We are so thankful that Prince was willing to share so much of himself with us, and hope that if you encounter him on Middle Path or in a class, you'll strike up a conversation with him. Prince is just one example of the international student population at Kenyon, a diverse, opinionated group that oftentimes moves in social circles directly outside of the ones national students do. Overseas Overheard will continue to update this podcast in the hopes that it will provide international students a platform to share their thoughts and national students an incentive to think more internationally. Thank you for listening. Peace and love. Our sincerest regards. Koto and Cassie. This podcast is hosted by Persimmons Literary Magazine and crafted by Koto Katayama and Cassie Cole.